This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories. Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. The Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars and its lore, canon versus legends. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I am your other host, Ben of Tamaria. So, what are we talking about today? Because we just got off our three episodes of Mando. <laughs> that we did, and three episodes of Epicness. But uh, today, we are going to go into a little bit more of legend stuff. Uh, specifically, one of the major factions that we've talked about on the show through Legends, but never really got into it. You might have mentioned, like, you might have heard us talk about, like, uh, Valkorian or, you know, the Eternal Empire. Um, but that is what we are going to go over today is the Eternal Empire from Legends. And if anybody doesn't know, go play Star Wars the Old Republic MMO because you will fully face that empire now do we need to give a spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't played those expansions i mean we can put a spoiler warning on this today i mean the game's been out for 11 years now the that expansion hasn't well it's been out about five to six years since that's been out so i mean it's not like like kotor old or like you know a 20 year old game but still like i don't know but then again like not everybody plays mmos it's not every it's not the game for everybody which is fully understandable so but yeah let's get right into it uh the eternal empire also known um as the Eternal Empire of Zakul, or the Zakul Empire, was a totalization dictatorship in the Outer Rim and was based on wild space planet Zakul. And by wild space, I mean it's not in the middle of, like, nowhere. Towards, like, uncharted territory, almost. 
it was led by Emperor Valkorion sometime before the Galactic War that Valkorion sought to use to reshape the galaxy. Valkorion used the Empire's Eternal Fleet to battle both the Galactic Republic and the reconstructed Sith Empire on multiple worlds, which the Eternal Empire won, thus forcing both the Republic and Sith Empire to be its puppet states until the war against Zakul. And if anybody has not seen the, oh god, what's the expansion? Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic, Knights of the Fallen Empire mm-hmm. expansion trailer. That is the trailer where you see Valkorion uses twin sons to one. They go after both the Republic and the um, and the Sith Empire respectively and like take trophies from like Jedi and Sith that they defeated in battle to Valkorian. Um go watch all the Star Wars Old Republic trailers. They're all fantastic cinematics and they're all like canon within the story of the game, which is even better. Right. So I guess my question is is like when you start the Fallen, because there's two there's two expansions that deal with the Eternal Empire. Correct. Yeah, there's the Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Fallen or Fallen Throne? Or Eternal Throne, I think. Eternal Throne, one. yes. Knights of the Eternal Throne, that's what it is. So when we start the expansion, Fallen Empire, because Fallen Empire is first. I believe so. Is that after they conquered the Republic or before? So the start of, and this is spoiler territory for anybody who has not played Sotor. Um, so the start of the expansion is you, the character, whatever character you have, uh, travels with, um, oh God, watch it. Well, he's a Sith Lord in the game and I can't remember his name on the top of my, I can see his face. Uh, but he, Darth Mar, Mar, thank you. Darth Mar. I almost said Malgus, and I knew that was remotely not right. Uh, Darth Mar and you, as your character, go off and try to find, like, beacons or something like that in Swout Space, and then, you know, trying to find the Emperor, not knowing it was Valkorion. You just know him as the Emperor. Because uh, if you play the Jedi Knight storyline, things happen in that storyline that it's directly ties into the expansions but nonetheless you go to Zakul you meet the emperor and things happen to where you get put in a carbonite for I think five years or something like that you're in there for well more than three to five years and once you get out at that point in time, um, the Eternal Empire took over both the Republic and the Sith Empire as puppet states because they couldn't they couldn't fight back because the Eternal Empire was that powerful. More for the fact because the internal fleet. You do see the internal fleet when you are in the prologue of the expansion and those ships are devastating. But yeah, it's it's they're just a, a giant space wall that shoots lasers at you. If you try to shoot back, it's not going to reach it, or they have energy shields put up to it. And it, yeah. 
Right. So the end of this is a question for me mm-hmm. and anyone who's spoilers, because I'm not yet through the Jedi Knight story. Mm-hmm. Because I read if you want like a follow up to the Revit novel, you need to play the Jedi Knight class story and then do Shadow of Revit. Yeah, just yeah, the um, the expansions is follow like if you want a really good story specifically with the Eternal Empire, you want to have a Jedi Knight character because your class story uh, revolves around the Emperor himself. And then uh, on top of that, one of your companions is actually from the Revan novel, um, Lord Scourge. And then on top of that, you have, um, once you go through that, you'll go through uh, Hut to the... um, the Hut Cartel expansion, which doesn't it loosely ties, but not really. And then you'll go into uh, Shadow of Revan, which is the second expansion they did, which directly ties more with the Emperor stuff. And you get a little bit more of spoiler: Revan's alive after you know three hundred years. Uh, he's <laughs> the Emperor kept him alive because how powerful he was, and you get to see more of the cruelty the emperor has really done to the galaxy mm-hmm. in that expansion and why like even revan who is supposed to be dead kept himself alive specifically to like kill the emperor right so but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves yeah just a bit <laughs> uh so for right now, for purposes, we have Darth Vitiate and Valkorion are known as separate beings right now. Correct. Okay. So um, with the origins of their history, uh, sometime before the ritual of uh, Neothem, uh the and the Great Galactic War, Vitiate, the Sith Emperor, traveled to outer space in search of the in- internal fleet, a supposedly unstoppable fleet of warships commanded by sentient droids. His journey brought him to Sakul, where he discovered a culture of superstitious humans who worship the ruthless, ruthless old gods. Uh, and then taken on the identity... Q Dragon Age. Right, right. Q Dragon Age. <laughs> I mean, it's reference. Bioware. It's Bioware, so... Exactly. Of course. Bioware again with the old gods coming in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, taken on the identity of Valkorion, he unified the nomadic tribes of Zakul into a civilization utterly devoted to him, creating the Eternal Empire, installing himself as their immortal emperor. And if anybody doesn't know, Vitiate slash Valkorion, who are the same person, slash the Emperor. <gasps> shut, plot twist. Um, he is such a powerful force wielder. He he actually does, like, is immortal. Until, like, a certain point through the expansions of um, Sotor, where you can finally end him. But yeah, he, he is actually immortal. Because he like drain like take Darth Nihilus and dial up his power of like draining life energy from planets or from people, dial that up to a hundred or times a hundred, he can literally wipe out an entire planet even though if he's in a completely different system. It's terrifying. Yeah, uh 
if you want like i think a good if you're like thinking of playing Swotor and you want something to like preface you ready for whatever's going to happen you need to read the books old republic revan and old republic deceived because they really set mm. up where you're entering in and it i did that before i started playing and it really helped me understand what's going on yeah around yeah so like um side note um the old republic revan book specifically obviously goes over revan but also talks about the uh reconciled like reconstructed sith empire uh and lord scourge and like their plans of building their armies and building their numbers before they come back to fight the republic and then deceit is specifically a book about darth malgus who is one of the main or antagonists of the game even though you only face him in strike missions which i think is the dumbest thing ever um well isn't he part of the new expansion no that's true he they, they did finally bring him back for the newest expansion but in base game like he you see him in holograms and you like fight him in only in a few strike missions um which I thought was weird because he was in every single promo for the base game and in the book. Right. Which made I like thought I, we thought, were gonna... I thought he was going to be like the main, you know, guy that we fight for the Jedi uh, Knight storyline cuz that, you know, made sense. But no. Yeah, I I thought all. we'd see some kind of like conflict between him and Satil mm-hmm. at least like no nope. cuz everything. But so but I thought we were going to get it with like some kind of companion quest with T7 because his whole companion story is about uh, the Jedi Master Malgus kills. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's really cool how they intertwine all the classes together and also the, all the books are like filled in with the story of the game. But... Right. Back on the Eternal Empire, um, so Vitiate now, or Valkorian, he formed a new force user order called the Knights of Zakul to serve as his special forces. A subgroup of the Knights called Scions used their visions to locate the Eternal Fleet and enslave the sentient Gemini droids to his Eternal Throne. And if you played Swotor and, you know... You know the name Gemini, Gemini from somewhere. Gemini is also a type of droid that you meet in the Imperial Agent storyline as a companion Back for up. that. And like that, like it's they're they're beefed. Like you, if you think HK is a powerful droid, Gemini droids are above that and they have their own like personalities and like own thoughts which is kind of creepy because they interact in just like any other species in the galaxy and it's kind of terrifying they have their own free will yeah the implications that Swotor has on droid lore is just ridiculous yeah like 
there's one Jedi, I believe, that believes droids can be force sensitive. Yeah, there is. Yep. Which is very interesting. But so uh, now we skip all the way to the Galactic War, which is the events of uh, Star Wars Old Republic. So the Eternal Empire remained hidden until the Galactic War when Valkorian's twin sons, Arcane and Thraxen, proposed a pre-infinitive strike against the greater galaxy to test the strength of both the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire. Valkorian sanctioned their proposal, but commanded that only Thraxen would lead their forces. And if you watch the trailers, you will see uh, Arcane is, uh, he goes through some crap. Uh, and then Arcane disobeyed his father and joined his brother, resulting in him being wounded in action on Korriban. Uh, when the twin princes returned to Zakul to present the trophies, Valkorian merely turned his back on them, embracing the dark side. Arcane lunged to attack his father, only to be restrained by Thraxen, resulting in Arcane accidentally killing his twin. Thraxen's death was then covered up and publicly blamed as a casualty in the Core Worlds campaign. So that is in the uh, trailer that we see for the Fallen Empire uh, expansion for Swotor. We do see that on screen in cinematics and... Lo and behold, um, Arcane doesn't take his uh, twins' accidental death well, obviously for many many purposes, uh, and but then uses that as a way to strike back at his father. So when the Outlander, which is your character, because you were known as whatever you are in your class story, but when you get to these expansions, later expansions, you're known as the Outlander or General, uh, depending on how far you get through the story. Uh, So the Outlander and Darth Maar were captured by Arcane after a major battle in which Maar's ship was destroyed. The Emperor had had a talk with them. Both the Outlander and Maar knew that Valkorian's true identity was nothing less than uh, that of the Sith Emperor. Whom they had been searching for, Valkorian stated that he would share his eternal empire with them if he would only kneel. Mar replied that he would never again kneel to Valkorian. And then Mar was sadly executed by Valkorian after they stole a saber staff from one of the knights of Zakul. The Outlander was given the same choice to kneel before Valkorian, an opportunity that almost no one else had ever received. Arcane portrayed his father in hatred, and Valkorian was killed. Arcane claimed himself to be the new emperor of the Eternal Empire and froze the Outlander in Carbonite. So yeah, a lot happens in like the prologue. Oh, that's just the prologue for you. Wow. And then Arcane used his father's death to wage his conquest of the core worlds that would see the Galactic Republic and Sith Empire on the losing end, with the internal fleet favoring ambush tactics and massive technologically support su- support eh, supporty super words superiority are hard. yes superiority gosh words are hard with me today uh, words t- is hard words is hard. 
Uh, to destroy the bulk of both sides' fleets all within a matter of months. Yeah, like, Arcane does so much damage to both the Republic and the Sith. Like, it's a devastating. And then, at the end of the first year, the capitals of both Coruscant and Drummond were blockade. Only ships outfitted with Element Isotope 5 were capable of outrunning them, but could never truly compete. And then, after a year of conflict, the governments of the Galactic Republic and Sith Empire represented Senator Ivarain and Darth Valren uh, had formed treaties agreeing to arms limitation and to pay tributes to the Eternal Empire, making it a sole superpower within the galaxy. Yeah, we think the uh, Galactic Empire was, like, tyrannical and powerful. Yeah, the Eternal Empire is like that on times 10 like it's it's insane on how much they took over and then afterwards massive battles stations known as star fortresses were placed in orbit of certain planets in the galaxy in order to keep rebellions from forming and to ensure that the uh, reparations from both governments were paid the fortresses were under the command of exarchs and biology Biologically and cybernetically enhanced Knights of Zakul. And then, but as the galaxy suffered, the Eternal Empire itself also in ways had many did not or wish not to see. Arcane's rule had become oppressive and cruel with his sister Valen, no longer restrained by her father, causing death and destruction in her wake as her powers in the Force continued to grow. Yeah, um... If you think Arcane's bad, his sister is as bad or worse. Yeah. Okay, I have lots of questions. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, in Swotor, mm-hmm. we know that there are the children of the Empire. Yes. But they're uh, Emperor, but they're not really children of the empire is this the same kind of thing going on here so no so thraxon valen and arkin are actually all blood tied to uh valkorian like that's his blood children okay so is valen the girl we see in the starts of the eternal throne yes so the one that is like has her protector yes and then okay yeah like the the woman uh in like she dons like white silver armor uh-huh. um and trying like if you watch the trailer of trying to take valen and trying to escape that is her mother that's the twins and valen's mother and Val- oh, okay uh valkorian's wife um sure uh and they and she like and she Full on admits that Valkorian is her husband, but it's like they haven't been like quote unquote in love for like a good while, probably since Valen was born or like shortly after. Right. More for the fact because um, Valkorian sees Valen's powers um, keep getting stronger and stronger to where she could get stronger than him, and he was training her specifically and like um indoctrinating her into a way to where if he says a phrase 
she goes into like a state of like stasis like she can't move kind of a thing yikes yeah yikes yeah and with you know valkorian dead at this point like she has she obviously she was never known that valkorian never uses words against her but there was no restraints for her after his quote-unquote death right so um now we have to where the outlander escapes so this is at your character escaping um it's a cool so in 3631 bby lana um and koth Wartina uh, freed the Outlander from Carbonite imprisonment, acquired an ancient ship that was once part of the Eternal Fleet called the Gravestone, and created an alliance determined to destroy the Eternal Throne. Arkan, in turn, uh, resorted to using all the resources of the Eternal Empire to hunt down and destroy this threat to his power. In the wake of the Alliance's formation, many operational objectives were carried out, foremost being the destruction of the Star Fortresses around potential ally worlds such as Alderaan, Voss, and Bothawoli, and had uh, kept them from even getting in contact as a result of them being in orbit. Uh, these operations would see several major worlds make contact with the Alliance against the Eternal Throne and join the Restore of the Galactic Republic and the Sith Empire back to their past power. So, yeah, at this point, like, this is, like, basically Act um, Chapter 1 of the expansion to where you escape uh, Zakul. You eventually go through, I think, Chapter 5 or 6 is when you, get like, start the Alliance might be chapter seven but this is where in the game you once you create the alliance you become like the commander and both the republic forces and sith forces join join together so they can take down this major power because they've both been oppressed by it for like you know five six years and not in a good way and this is also for fun game stuff, you get companions that you normally weren't able to get from your class story into this part of the game. So this is where you like start getting like characters from other classes from uh, that were companions for those class stories. But as for whatever class you're playing currently, I see. I see. I see. So like, well, I'm trying to think of an example. Like if you were a you know a smuggler you could mm-hmm. get kira as a companion correct now kira is not way till later in the in, into everything but yes essentially like um we're an example like the smuggler you have a wookie uh companion as a smuggler should and you can recruit him for whatever class you are at this part of the game because you're just trying to find allies to help you fight against the eternal empire Interesting. But first companion will always unlock will be T7 regardless of class. You will always have that droid with you and it's fantastic. Um, He is the best droid. Yes. Him and T3. T3 and T7 are like the best droids and my favorite droids right. of all time. Also, I will say after I played the mission with the Jedi who thinks droids can be force sensitive, I now make the assertion that R2-D2 is Force-sensitive, and I will not be hearing any arguments otherwise. That (laughs) droid is (laughs) Force-sensitive. 
I mean, how lucky he is and everything, and just things happen to happen the way he needs to. Yeah, R2 probably is Force-sensitive at that point. Or the Force is just, you know, on his side in every endeavor he does. He is the Force, and the Force is with him. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and then... um. Now we have Anarchy in Paradise. So sometime later, a contact from Central Ally would present itself in the form of an anarchist known as Firebrand, who would be bombing minor targets on Zakul for the past two years without being caught by the Knights of Zakul and Skytroopers. And Skytroopers are basically their foot soldiers, and they're just souped-up droids. That's all they are. Um, think uh, battle droids. Like, from the CIS, kind of. But they have backpacks. B1s or B2s? Uh, B2s. They're more like B2s. But they also, they use rifles, not instead of, like, you know, the arm blasters. Right. Uh, And to make contact with the anarchists, the Lady of Sorrows offer a high-yield explosive, which would see the Outlander make in contact with the being in question revealed to be Calio Denaris, uh, who is um, from the Sith e- Empire or Sith Agent uh, class, she's a companion from that. And then, due to the Outlander "quote unquote" stealing her thunder, a plan was devised to take down the droids in the spire. The attack was to make the Zakulian populace, who had become reliant on the droid labor and for mental. Minial yet important task to take stock of the situation and wake them up for their peaceful lives. So Zakul is highly, highly uh, dependent on droids and just like automatics, like minial labor and energy source and everything. No one runs anything on Zakul. Like humans have like the personal perfect place on Zakul, basically. They don't have to do anything to live a comfortable life. I see. And as a result, the Overwatch facility where all the commands of the droids and even the Sky Troopers came, uh, came from was destroyed. With the systems down, the droids stopped working for at least a short time, but an added bonus was gaining the Spire schematics, which detailed the infrastructure that would, un- use, uh, would be usable for the eventual attack on the Spire to order in order to remove Arcane from power, the new Emperor would use this use this event as an excuse for the destruction of five worlds that had to be earlier in a search for alliance for the Alliance and the Outlander. So yeah, he he blew up five worlds because of them blowing up a spire. Hmm. Very similar to the first order. Hmm. But yeah. nice. But uh, I think at this point, we can take a quick mid-break. All right, well, let's get to it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things that have to do with the show, but not about the Star Wars lore. And it's here that we thank our patrons. Uh, thank you so much to our patrons who support us from all tiers. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and if you'd like to join our patron chat, which happens once a month, which will happen again in two weeks, uh, you can sign up on Patreon at our $20 tier or higher. You can come join us once a, once a month on the show, and we greatly appreciate that. Also, if you want to hang out with us while we're recording, if you want to hang out with us and respond to talk with us right here and there of all the things we're saying, we do go live on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that would be 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We go live at twitch.com slash Ben of Tamaria, and you can come and hang out with us and chat about Star Wars lore. And we, that'd be a lot of fun to hang out there. Uh, the last thing I had, or before we do, you can hang out with us on Discord too. You could join the Cups podcast team and more, or the Robots Radio Discord. You can find us there and all the shows that we do there with channels and Lots of fun. And then the last thing is if you like to support our show, but maybe can't do so financially, a great way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. On Apple, we are up to 18 reviews. So if you want to be that person who gets us to that 19 and 20 and you have not yet reviewed us on Apple, we'd greatly appreciate you doing that. And we can get to that 20 reviews on Apple. And even if you do not listen on Apple, that's okay. As long as you have an Apple account, you can go on there and leave us a review there. And fun thing, we are at 50 reviews on spotify nice yeah and that's all i got cool i don't really have anything to add for this mid-break so uh let's get back into it all right now that we're back uh, we are now coming into the part of the story where Havoc Squad comes in to assist. And Havoc Squad it happens to be the squad that you are a part of for the Republic Trooper class story of the base game. So, after the journey with Firebrand, Theon Shan used his resources to contact the Galactic Republic, finding out the Elite Havoc Squad would be conducting an unauthorized raids on Zakul, beneath the notice of the Senate and the other higher-ups from the Republic military. A meeting was not set between them, uh, himself and the Outlander, to recruit the squad. In joining the Alliance, they have met deep within the Endless Swamp, where they discovered that 
Arik uh, Jorgen uh, was now in command of the squad. Unfortunately, their landing did not go unnoticed, and a probe tracked their location until Jorgen shot it down, forcing the squad to split up in different directions. In order to return to the camp without the unit becoming compromised, should they have been captured. The Outlander and Jorgen uh, would lint would find a vantage point in order to cover the retreat. As they spoke about the events of the last five years, the situation of Zakul and even about Arkin. This continued until Jorgen discovered Zakulian exiles, people who doubted Arkin's politics and actions that were subsequently left in the swamp to die, being chased by skytroopers as their homes were being burned down to quote-unquote crack down on negative actions against the Eternal Empire. This would later be a folly, uh, for during an attack on the Knights of the Zakul outpost and continued a planet-wide comm relay, the Outlander, Theron, and the Havoc Squad were pinned down by Skytrooper reinforcements once their objective was achieved. The situation looked grim until the Zakulian exiles destroyed the transport shuttle and was ferrying additional Skytroopers and blew up the squad that had pinned down had them pinned down during the th- with using thermal detonators. I love those grenades. And depending on the Outlander's choice, the Zakulian exiles would either begin training with Havoc Squad to become guerrilla fighters or would fight on their own, no longer dependent on the Sky Troopers to defend themselves. Any questions? Not really. Okay. Taking it all in. And then now we have Raiding the Glided Star, or Gilded Star. Uh, sometime after the Battle of the Hyperwave Relay Station, Gaunt Renro, who was a former associate of the Grand Champion of the Great Hunt, approached the commander with a proposition to raid the Gilded Star, an Eternal Empire treasury ship holding the in the atmosphere of the ga- gas giant Vandalin. And then uh, Gaunt, or Galt? Galtagrin now uh, is a companion for the Bounty Hunter class story uh, that you have for the base game. And I will say the Bounty Hunter story is probably one of my favorite stories to play because you can just be a Mando and it's great and it's awesome. You can carbonite everybody. It's fantastic. Just like Din Djarin. Exactly. And they have his similar a similar armor set in the game you can buy on the cartel market that is very similar to Din, Din Djarin's. It, it's, it's an Old Republic style to his Beskar armor, but still awesome. And the commander agreed to the plan and uh, accompanied by accompanied uh, Gaunt to Vanden along with Lana Bianco, Theron, Theron Sean, Shinya Trow, Tri- Triel, and Scorpio. Scorpio being a Gemini droid, uh, Shinya being the mother of Arkin and Thraxen and Valen, Theron being um, Satil Sean's son. So he is Basila's great great grandson, I think, or something like that. And Lana Bianco is a Sith um, warrior that you meet in the Shadow of Revan expansion, but then later obviously becomes an ex- 
a companion during these uh, expansions. So arriving on the gas giant, uh, Tibian mining platform, Gaunt, Galt uh, took the commander to look for the hiding container Drutcher and Armanoid Identity Slicer, immediately recognizing uh, Galt as Therius Loki. Uh, Drutcher activated the battle droids and tried to kill the Devorian, and that's a species which we only see in Swotor. However, uh, Galt and the commander easily destroyed the droids and through Drutcher's container uh, boasted reinforced armor. Uh, Galt threatened to shake him to death with a sonic amplifier. Drutcher had no choice but to let the Dravarian inside uh, and agree to his job uh, in exchange for finally getting Thresius off his back. Galt and the commander then attended the meeting with the Rexengain and its captain, Kenrick Faust. Then asking to impact his missile, uh, Galt announces refused to pay for it, and after the Nictos raised their arms, um, activated the warhead, uh, the Nicto ran away, attempting to free the blast radius, but Galt, unable to stop the cracked uh, countdown, which reached zero, however, the Twi'lek partner, Vet, was revealed to be hidden inside the missile, having already removed the warhead beforehand. And Vet, is the Sith Warrior one of your first Sith Warrior companion in the base game story of that? So we're coming across a lot of like companions from the base game. Yeah. Uh, Galt then assembled the entire team for the hideout and laid out the entire plan to infiltrate the ship. Dresher would then supply identity High Justice Valen for her uh, for her mother Sinra Tral, uh, who provided a genetic match to required character knowledge and would take Scorpio aboard as her attache droid. Uh, this would ac- uh, access the bridge and deactivate security protocols, allowing Vet, Galt, and the commander to get on board, place the warhead inside the vault. When the Gilded Star came up for the annual supply, the Alliance teams moved into position. Dretcher uh, holographic disguise worked, allowing Sinya to get on board under identity of her daughter. From the bridge, Scorpio opened fire, opened the way to the vault and go in the Alliance commander, while Vet used the, her sneaking skills to disable the vault's security mechanisms. Inside the vault, Galt planted the missile warhead, of, uh, which upon dis- Destruction vaporized the entire content of the precious metals, leaving everything outside the vault safe and intact. The vault's entire contents and precious metals were then pumped into the tanker, plotted, uh, piloted by Lan- uh, Lana Belenko and Theron Chan, while Scorpio and Sinya soon joined them. So the whole thing, the whole mission is like you're destroying all this metal and like melting it down to where you steal it, and then so you can take the resources away from the Eternal Empire. It's just a a high risk like robbery. This is all the mission is. And then Galt, Vet, and the commander encountered some difficulties. Uh, When only escape route left was them to take the Skyhook down the way they came and the path was blocked by the real Valen who arrived in the with the inspection force. Determined to avoid confronting her, Galt suggested going outside the ship's hall where he received a call from Mihailo 
um, Viz, who is one of your advisors uh, when you get the alliance up and going. She's your smuggler advisor. Uh, his old partner positioned her shuttle next to the hull of the Gilded Star so that Galt, Vet, and the commander could jump off directly onto the vessel while the rest of the team left aboard a Blanco sh- uh, tanker. Returning to Odessan, uh, Galt and Vet expressed their desire to join the Alliance, but the celebration was interrupted by the return of Arik Doran and Kaleo Dindaris, who managed to escape, escape Zakul with a database on the Genomide droids Along, along, I can't talk. Although losing the rest of the Havoc Squad in the process, hoping to salvage the fiasco, Blanco orders Scorpio to analyze the data archive. Oh my gosh, words. But yeah, a lot happens, and I think that's like chapter twelve or thirteen. There was like almost twenty chapters. In just the Fallen Empire expansion. And it's a chapter based. Uh, system. By Axe. Which is normally how they go with the base game. So for, <clears throat> so for the collapse of the Eternal Empire. Uh, by the end of the war with the Alliance. Emperor Arkan w- had been dethroned. Empress Valen was killed. And Valkorion was destroyed through the use of a powerful holocron, all due to the part of the actions of the Outlander. When Valen was killed, no successor to the throne was present, allowing the Outlander to take control. The internal empire would then dissolved with some holdings acquired by the Alliance, which were reformed into the full-fledged government known as the Eternal Alliance. So yeah, you get a hold of all the cool stuff after you take down literally everyone. And depending if you want to go dark or light side actions, things could be you could be a tyrant or you can just be like, you know, make sure none of this is ever used again for evil kind of a thing. Depending Typical on Star actions. Wars choices. Yeah. So now we have the politics. So the rule of the Eternal Empire was held the title of Emperor or the rule was female Empress. The overall government system is an absolute monarchy. The head of government and military with was the High Justice. The High Justice also apparently was the second in command of the Empire uh, and had unlimited power when Valen held the rank under Arkin's leadership. Go figure. Uh, their military... The Eternal Empire's military was composed primarily of Skytroopers and the Knights of Zakul. It did possess... Um, Biologists found mainly on the Star Fortresses and other humans as officers, just as the rogue Koth uh, Vortina. Other personnel of the Eternal Empire's military included Eternal Empire troopers and their variants. And then during Empress Valen's reign, the Horizon Guard was formed to serve her directly and to surpass the Knights of Zakul, who failed to defend her brother during the Battle of Odessin. The head of the Eternal Empire internal empire's military was the high justice and then their society uh, zirconians were generally raised uh, in the comfort and safety of the spire and led easy lives and te- and of an intellectual and creative pursuits despite some occasionally felt compelled to seek out less high-minded excitement the old world the remnants of Valkorion's first attempt to the Grand City offer an opportunity for citizens of this spire to indulge their need for exhilaration. 
uh, mini Zicolans, uh pay at least one visit cheer at the glider day pits or sample the red light district. Countless more simply ventured down to tour the Sealy streets and thrill to the distasteful and the taboo. Yeah. Sounds like a party. Pretty much. The uh, the Gladiator Pits is where you find Boldar, which is the uh, Wookiee companion from the Smuggler that you get to right. uh, recruit. He is a... He's trying to free uh, fellow Gladiators and people who don't want to be there because they're, you know, enslaved kind of a thing. Right. So how many companions stuff. do you get per origin? Typically, per class, there's at least... Five or six, I think. Typically. Yeah. Per, and then when you get to the later expansions, such as, you know, um, Fallen Empire and f- going forward, you can have well over a dozen, maybe 20 plus companions that you can unlock. That's a crowded ship. Well, funny enough, they don't they they don't stay on your ship. They just stay in um on the alliance base once you get to those expansions. Uh, right, I guess that makes sense. Because you don't really use your class ship for most like most of the cutscenes for the Eternal Imp- or a Fallen Empire and on. You don't really use your own like you don't use your class ship anymore for cutscenes. So you have like a generic like shuttle ship that you use. It's kind of weird, but you I mean you get your class ship back. You just don't really don't use it that much. So, uh, I do have some behind the scenes. So, the Internal Empire was first mentioned in 2015 on the web webpage promoting the expansion Knights of the Fallen Empire and the BioWare video game Star Wars the Old Republic. Uh and then in December 2016, a Polish edition of Star Wars Galactic Atlas, a reference book of the new Star Wars canon, includes entry of the For the Emperor of Zakul. The book places it in the far west of the galaxy in the unknown regions. However, the author of Galactic Atlas, Emil Fortune, uh, Fortune stated that he did not know why or how Zakul crept into the Polish translation of the canon reference book. Yeah. Sure. It was an accident. Sure, yeah. It's like, hmm, how do I get something I really like from Swotor into the canon? Oh, no. I accidentally wrote something here. I think that if Lucasfilms and Lucasfilm Games didn't think that they could make a lot of money from a KOTOR expansion or KOTOR remake, they would just canonize all of this. And just yes. say, yeah, this is what happened. And then just profit off of Bioware doing the Old Republic. Yep. Even though, yeah, it's sad to say that even though, like, Bioware and Swator is constantly being updated and added with content and all that, that it's not canon, even though it's a current game and constantly, like, evolving and adding stuff, it it, it should be canon. Let's all be honest, KOTOR and the Old Republic should just be canon at this point. Because nothing in those stories will ever affect the current canon of the right. timelines. Because it's so far back. A lot of, right. I've, I've had discussions with like uh, friends about like 
about the events of Sword Horror and like why it's not canon or like why it should be canon and they always have these like well Valkorian exists it's like yeah but he dies so therefore has no Greek repercussions when it comes to Palpatine right and like the thing about it is like because everyone talks about like why aren't things as like cool as they are in the old Republic era why aren't they as like awesome and like why aren't the Jedi as powerful but like as you progress through the story and you look at Star Wars as a whole the Jedi aren't as powerful the Jedi aren't as strong because like the old Republic the era of Swotor is like the golden age of the Republic and then by the end of that era by the time we get the Darth Bane trilogy and Darth Bane basically hiding the Sith the Republic and the Jedi begin their decline so by the time we get to the original trilogy the Jedi or even the prequel trilogy the Jedi the Republic they're all shadows of what they once were oh yeah easy and especially if you uh, even like take the context of older the old Republic and like add the High Republic stuff into it, it even makes more sense on why the Jedi are not as powerful in the quote like the prequel trilogy because we find out the Jedi Temple was built on top of a Sith shrine, draining their like power or like clouding their judgment and uh, visions through the Force to figure out what's going on in the galaxy. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, stuff that happens to why, like, why Old Republic is, like, the Jedi and the Sith are more powerful. Because at the time, like, the orders were, both orders were actually completely different from what we see in the original series, original trilogy, or even the prequel trilogy. The orders were more, uh, I would say, more flexible. And especially the Jedi Order was a lot more flexible back then. Because they, in certain cases, allowed Jedi to have romantic relationships. Hence how we have the Sean line from Bastila and Revan. Right. So Basically, with, with Revan, they basically say, hey, if you don't come and teach your heresy, we will let you keep your wife. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens in the book of uh, Old Republic Revan. Like, the only reason that he was able to stay is because he um, stayed with Basila is because the Jedi Council did not want him to, like, because he's seen both light and dark, and they didn't want him teaching something in between when that was honestly the right way to go. In my opinion. But, yeah, that's why I have the Internal Empire. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Anything else that we should add before we end the episode? I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Holocron Histories uh, podcast. We'll see you next time. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net 
You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHollowHistories and contact us at HolocronHistories at gmail.com. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts.